Oh boy, 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 oh Chef Boyardio. Uh what a show today, man. Uh this is a crazy show. A lot going on here today. Uh fasten your face um braces. Squeeze your eyes together. Uh today I'm gonna relay some incredible fishing adventures to you. Um Let's just put it this way. I was almost eaten by a whale, and I'm not even joking. Wait till you hear this story. In fact, I got a couple of whale stories for you today. Uh, Great stuff, fascinating stuff, scary stuff, but it's the stuff that life's made of, isn't it? Also, an incredible announcement. Oh, I've been waiting so long to tell you guys about this. A new TV show that I'm in. Uh, It's one of my favorite TV shows that I've ever done. I love it. I've been dying to tell you guys about it for years. It's been in the making, and finally it's premiering. I'm going to give you all the information. It's going to be a riot. And then lastly, oh, my God, it's the Olympics, and we are going to go to the Olympics live for some events where we have our commentator, Charles Parsley, standing by for some incredible, exciting, nail-biting races. It's all here, today, on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? (laughs) I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Oh, my God. I have to start today with it. It's an incredible story Um, because it's so fresh in my head. Okay, um, I think you're gonna like it. I I love this story. Although sometimes I question if I'm if I'm I should be alive to tell this story. I don't know, man. You be the judge. Sometimes I wonder if I escape the jaws of death once too often. So here's the scenario. Um, as you know, I love to go fishing, and I uh, have a buddy up in Canada who has a fishing show, um, and uh, it's a great show. You, you've probably seen some of the clips online. Uh, there's there's one on uh, online at my uh, YouTube page, at uh, Harlan Williams' YouTube page. You can see uh, me and Henry Winkler, the Fawns, fishing together. Um, so I go do my buddy's fishing show, and uh, this year, just uh, just a week ago, um, less than a week, actually like five, four days ago, five days ago, um, I'm up uh, in British Columbia off the uh, northern tip of uh, Vancouver Island, which is a huge island, and takes you into some very uh, rugged uh, wilderness um, and the lodge we were at had a bunch of little inlets, and these inlets headed out uh, to the open ocean. So what we'd do is we'd wake up at like 4 in the morning, uh, have breakfast, and then what you want to do is try and get the big, we're going fishing for salmon. 
So you want to hook into the big salmon at what they call first light when the sun first comes up. And uh, so we're all on the water by about 4.45, 5 in the morning, just as the light's starting to peak up, and uh, off I go. Off I go in my boat through this inlet out towards the uh, open ocean, and uh, I'm with a buddy. I'm with my fishing show buddy, and I'm, I'm driving the boat, and we're whipping out there. And we get over to our spot where we're going to fish, and I look over, and I don't know, about the length of about two football fields away, I see this giant black dorsal fin come out of the water. I mean, this this fin was about five, six feet high, right? And I'm like, oh, Lord. I realized right away it was the dorsal fin of a killer whale. And then I look, and another one pops up, and another one, and suddenly I'm like, pod! We've got us a pod! Not an iPod, okay? For those of you that are out of touch with nature and hear the word pod and think, oh, great, it's got a new Apple product. Excellent! No. A pod of whales is similar to a flock of birds or a school of fish or a gang of bloods and crips. Okay, so a pod of whales is a cluster of whales, and uh, so I say to my fishing uh, show buddy, I say, you know what, don't put your rod in the water yet, I want to go over there, and he's like, huh? So he puts the rod in the boat, and uh, he's got his camera woman there, and, and I just turn the boat around, and I start whaling over there, no pun intending, intended, but I whale over there. I wail over to the whales, and uh, I'm thinking they're going to scatter. It's like here comes a guy in a 17-foot fishing boat, and the whales are like, oh, crap, tourist, you know, and they're going to be like, let's get out of here. But no, to my surprise, I start moving in closer, and they're just motoring along, breaching and you know, and all of a sudden I see that there's like eight or nine of them, and I see like there's a baby one. And I start thinking, baby, mother, baby, mother, grizzly bear, baby bear, always equals death. But I'm like, when am I ever going to get to run with killer whales again? So I, I, I go, let's see how close I can get. Uh, so I move in, and these things aren't straying from their path. And all of a sudden, I'm pulling up right beside the killer whales. In fact, I almost rolled over one. I saw it. It kind of went underwater, and I came up right on it, and I actually had to veer the boat away. Last thing I want to do is hurt a whale. God, um, not that, you know, you could probably hurt it too much, a giant whale with a little propeller, but, I, you know, I was very careful not to, to impact the whale. And now all of a sudden I'm right beside the whales. I'm so close I could have reached out and touched the whales. And here I am riding along with a wild pack of killer whales. It was unbelievable. You know what? I'm, I'm going to play you the clip. It's a short little, it's a video clip, but you can hear the action. You can hear the ocean. You can hear the whales breathing. And on the last, like, uh, uh, expulsion of uh, oxygen from the killer whale, if you listen in the clip, if you listen to the you can hear we're pretty. I'm pretty much sitting on his blowhole, and that doesn't sound right, does it? 
Uh, but uh, check it out. I'm going to play the clip for you right now, and uh, you can listen to the uh, video and listen to the audio, and we'll kind of hopefully it transports you there. Here we go. Right now I'm chasing killer whales. You can see them breaching right here. I'm 25 feet away. This may be my last video. We are right beside the killer whales. We are running with the killer whales. I'm about to hit a killer whale. I'm about to hit a killer whale. I'm moving away. He's almost under us. Wow. Wow. What an experience. Unbelievable. And, and just so you can watch that. By the way, did you hear the, the, the uh, camera lady go, you're too close. If you roll it back, you can hear it. She's like, you're too close. Um, but I knew I was too close. Like I said, the whales were not impacted, but what a thrill. We were, we were very close. And, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to download that video or upload it or whatever it is. I'm just going to throw it. I I don't know what upload or download means. So I'm just going to throw it. I'm going to slap it up on my YouTube channel, uh, the Harland Williams YouTube channel. Uh, you can go there and watch the clip. I'll also throw it on the, uh, Facebook page, uh, Facebook uh, backslash official Harlan Williams page, and hell, maybe I'll even tweeter it or Twitter it or whatever. That's kind of weird. Uh, hey, man, what'd you do today? Oh, you know, I Twittered a whale. <laughs> um, so really cool, and it was a little nerve-wracking because, you know, you, I got a little caught up in it and kind of went into the danger zone, and, and you got to remember, it's probably never wise to ever approach anything whose name has the word killer in it, uh, and uh, it was a little intense, and these are massive, uh, incredible animals, um, and, uh, you know, had something gone wrong, if one of them had got mad, if the mother killer whale had, uh, you know, got antsy because she had a baby with her. Um, so, you know, but it, it's not like I was trying to get that close. Do you understand? I, I You know, I, I thought uh, they would flee. I thought they would uh, disperse as I got uh, close. And, and I just kept moving in and moving in because I had an outboard motor. I I was on them a little faster than I re, you know really wanted to be, and so suddenly I was like I was one of them. I was riding with them on the surf. I was I was the above water part of the pod. I was part of a pod, ladies and gentlemen. When was the last time you were part of a pod? That's just stuff I learned from them. Um, but, yeah, so there you go. Now, that's the killer whale story. Now, you ready? you ready for another whale story that was even more dangerous where I think I could have been killed? Okay, this is one where I was riding beside the killer whales. No, no worries. Now, here's another one. The next day... I'm off fishing in the open ocean, and uh, I woke up late, so none of the guides were available. So I grabbed the boat, and the dock boy was there, a 25-year-old kid who, you know, 
had his earphones in and probably smokes a little dope and, you know, kind of a dude, right? And here's this kid who scrubs the boats at night when we come in and stuff, and, and he was hanging around. I said, kid, get in the boat. Let's go. Come on out with me, the whale hunter, and uh, let's go fishing, and you know, you, you can bait my hooks and everything. You know, I got the kid to put all the, the bait on my hooks so I didn't have to get my hands all fishy. <laughs> Sneaky devil. So we go out in the morning, and the ocean's like flat as can be. It's still, it's calm, uh, you know, because we're in kind of a protected inlet. And for some reason, it was just like really like the surface of a lake. So we're out there fishing, and um, and all of a sudden, in the distance, once again, I see two giant humpback whales come up out of the water with their mouths wide open, their giant mouths wide open, and they're feeding, and they're off in the distance, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, dude, look at that. And, they're, you know, they're, you got these giant mouths that can swallow a bus, really. So it was two of them, and, uh, and they started moving a little closer. We're just sitting there fishing, right? We're trolling back and forth in this little area, minding our own business. And as they get closer, I can see... Their method for fishing. Okay, here's what these humpback whales do. All right, they do a thing uh, where they call they call it bubble net feeding. And uh, I'll read a little thing for you because I looked it up on the net. Humpbacks cooperate in hunting and developed a method of rounding up highly concentrated masses of prey that is called bubble net feeding. The hunting members uh, of a pod form a circle 100 feet uh, across and about 50 feet deep under the water. The humpbacks blow a wall of bubbles as they swim to the surface in a spiral path. The cylindrical wall of bubbles makes the trapped krill, plankton, and fish move to the surface of the water in a giant concentrated mass. The humpbacks come smashing out from underneath the water and they eat these giant things of, uh, you know, clusters of fish and shrimp and all this, right? So because the water was so calm, I could see these giant circles happening, these giant bubble circles. And then once you see the bubbles, there's prob- because they're so deep, there's probably about a five-second window five to six second window once you see the bubbles going around these giants of the deep come smashing up right with their mouths open they're just gaping anything they can get in their giant mouths it gets swallowed okay and uh to give you some perspective of how big these these humpback whales are okay so you can get an idea Let's put it this way. A, a Greyhound bus, you've all seen a Greyhound bus. A Greyhound bus is 45 feet long, okay? That's a big damn bus. 45 feet Greyhound bus. Humpback whales are 52 feet long, okay? So these things are giant. They're bigger than a Greyhound bus. Now let's keep going here. The weight of a Greyhound bus 
is 11 tons, okay? Wouldn't you say that's heavy? Now, remember, there's 3,000 pounds in a ton. So you do the math. Here's a Greyhound bus, 11 tons, okay? So now let's talk about how much a humpback whale weighs. This is scary. A humpback whale, full-grown humpback whale, which was what I was dealing with. They're called uh, bulls. 50 tons. Okay? Greyhound bus, 11 tons. Full-grown humpback whale, 50 tons. Their hearts alone, guess how much their hearts weigh? 430 pounds. That's as big as the biggest contestant on The Biggest Loser. So imagine you opened a whale, you cut open a whale, and found the fattest guy from The Biggest Loser inside eating a cake. That's how big their hearts are. So you do the math. Okay, 50 tons, that's, uh, what is that? That's like, that's like four or five Greyhound buses stuck together. Okay, 3,000 uh, pounds in a ton, 50 tons. You do the math, and let's keep in perspective, there were two of these guys hunting together. And you're like, well, why are you giving us all this information, Harland? Because here's where the story gets crazy. <laughs> oh, God. I might start shaking a little. So we're watching these bubbles, and I'm filming a few of them. You can see the bubbles, and then wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> The whales come smashing up out of the surface, okay? So as a goof, I say to the bait boy, the dock boy kid, the little stoner dude, I say, hey, dude, wouldn't that be wild if those humpback whales made their giant circle right around our boat? Like the exact circumference of our boat? We were in a 17-foot boat, a bass boat. He goes, oh, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't think that would be too cool. And uh, about four minutes later, we're sitting there. The ocean's calm as glass. I just happened to be looking down in the water. I had two fishing rods down. And I see these little bubbles, little tiny bubbles. I'm like, oh, it must be a fish under us. Maybe a salmon farted underneath us. Maybe a cod had a... You know, a big dinner of shrimp and scallops and was bloated and let out a water baby. <laughs> a cod water baby, right? Maybe a starfish just shit its pants underneath us. And then I noticed the bubbles kind of going in a little line. Little tiny bubbles. And then I noticed the bubbles start going in like a circle shape. And then I noticed the bubbles start going from tiny bubbles to medium bubbles. And then I noticed the bubbles going from medium bubbles to really friggin' large bubbles, like the size of basketballs. And I look at the little bait boy, and I go, Dude, look at that circle. It was directly around our boat, okay? If it was a dartboard, we would be sitting on the bullseye. I go, Dude, they're right under us. And the kid starts, he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I slammed that boat into reverse because, like I said, remember, once you see the bubbles, there's about a five to six second window 
before these giants erupt with their mouths open. I slam the boat into reverse. The bubbles are churning. They're getting bigger. I get it in reverse. We're not more than like seven feet from the bubbles when two giant friggin' humpback whales come out, mouths open, okay? Two of them, 50 tons each. That's 100 tons of muscle underneath us. That's like 24 Greyhound buses underneath us. But Greyhound buses don't eat people. Greyhound buses don't have mouths. These guys come to the surface with their mouths opening. Our little 17-foot boat was just a large octopi to them. It was a dead tuna floating on the surface. I mean, this is crazy, okay? What are the odds of them doing the circle around us? Either either they were underwater and they're like, Hey, man, aren't those the assholes that were harassing the uh, killer whales yesterday? Let's go eat them, man. Sons of bitches. There was a baby in that killer whale pod, man. He almost ran over one. Let's go eat that son of a bitch. I, I'm not lying if I tell you, folks. And, you know, I'm a macho dude. You all know that. God, do you know that. I'm going to be honest. My hand was shaking a little bit when I t- finally pried it off the uh, stick shift on my bass boat. Uh, you know, after slamming it in reverse. And yes, once again, I'm going to show you the video. I'm going to post that video on YouTube as well. I hope uh, I hope it uh, it, uh, it it, it uh, you know relays the uh, the excitement and the danger that I was in. Uh, the video shows initially I took some shots of the whales doing their thing at a distance, so you get a really good perspective of of the bubble circle and the uh, the eruption. See the whales coming out. And then I just happened to have my shaky camera going. I had, the, I had the boat in reverse with one hand, and I was trying to film with the other like an idiot. And you can quickly see this giant whale with his mouth open flash past the bow of my boat. And uh, I'm going to put that video up for you, too. So there you go. There's my exciting whale stories. What have you done today? Hello. Uh, so that that was incredible. Incredible, exciting. Uh, the fishing was great. Hooked into some great salmon. Hooked into a big giant, like 40, 50-pound uh, silver, they call them. And uh, I fought this thing for about 20, 25 minutes. And, of course, it got off the hook right beside the boat. It let me see it. It, it. it laid sideways and showed me its girth and its length. It was a trophy fish. It's the fish people spend their whole life going after. That's why they go to these expensive lodges and try to land one of these monsters. I had him right beside the boat, and he just flicked his head. Just like, fuck you. Flicked his head, gone. Slowly swam away. Didn't even speed away. Just like, la-dee-da. You had me, you lost me, loser. Hope you get eaten by a whale. <laughs> And I almost did. Um, So there you go, man. 
incredible stories from the outdoors, and I'm glad I'm alive to be able to tell you. So check them out on uh, YouTube, and I'll post them up there for you. It's the Harland Williams YouTube channel, and uh, hope you dig it, man. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes, I said. Yes, I'll meet you at Applebee's and I'll pay for dinner. I'm sorry for harassing your family. Up yours, too. Sorry. My God, as if getting eaten by a whale wasn't exciting enough. This this is something that I am so super excited about. Uh, this is something I've been chomping at the bit to tell you guys, my my faithful pavement pounder followers. Uh, it's been driving me insane. So what you just heard is a theme song from a brand new animated Nickelodeon TV show called Robot. And monster. Okay? Robot and monster. And uh, here's, let me give you the backstory. About two and a half years ago, I went in an audition at Nickelodeon for this cartoon called Robot and Monster. And it was uh, developed uh, by Nickelodeon and a couple of the sitcom writers from that 70s show. The Ashton Kutcher vehicle, that 70s show. And they created, uh, along with uh, with some of the artists at Nickelodeon, they created this, uh, this incredible uh, cartoon called Robot and Monster. And the show is about a little robot who's very, um, you know, kind of gr- gr- grouchy and crabby and kind of pessimistic and a naysayer and kind of doubts the world. And he becomes roommates with this big, tall, purple, goofy-looking monster who's actually kind of cute with little beady eyes and horns on his head and a little derby hat. And this, this monster is like the total opposite. He's totally optimistic and happy and trusts everyone implicitly. He's, he's just a lovable little guy full of joy. And these two misfits become roommates. They live in a little apartment in this crazy world full of monsters and robots. And they go on these incredible adventures together. And, uh, and I go into audition for this thing two and a half, three years ago almost. And they go through the whole process, you know, auditioning all kinds of voices. And lo and behold, I land the gig. I get the job doing Monster's Voice, Okay. And uh, a guy named uh, Curtis Armstrong gets the job doing Robot's voice. Now, if you don't know Curtis Armstrong, he was Goober in uh, Revenge of the Nerds and all the Nerds movies. And he's in a whole bunch of the John Cusack movies. Really great guy. Funny guy. So he does the voice of uh, Robot. I do the voice of Monster. And uh, 
the reason I'm so excited about this show uh, is that it's finally going on the air. It's going to be on this Saturday morning. Uh, it'll be this Saturday morning, August 4th, 2012, uh, at 10 o'clock or wherever. Just go into your TiVo or your uh, digital recorder and please uh, record the series. Just type in Robot and Monster. It's an animated show. It's a CGI. It looks beautiful. Okay, here's why I love the show. And by the way, before I tell you why I love it, I've done a lot of voice work. Okay? I've done a lot of cartoon voices. Uh, I did a series called Ned's Newt, where I played the Newt for a couple of seasons. Uh, I did voices uh, in uh, the Fox uh, CGI movie Robots. I did uh, I did a uh, voice in the uh, Meet the Robinsons movie for Disney. I did a voice in Madagascar 2, the uh, DreamWorks movie. I did a uh, cartoon called Gary and Mike uh, a number of years ago on uh, UPN or UPS or whatever it is. Uh, I did uh, I did a cartoon voice for a series on Disney called Chick Potowski. Uh, I mean, I've done all kinds of cartoon voices, okay? And this, my friends, is my favorite one that I've ever done. This one, I just love it. This thing is well-written. It looks amazing. It's funny. The characters are so silly and likable. It's just absurd and wacky. It's right up my alley, and uh, I'm so proud of this show. I'm so excited about this show. Um, and, uh, you know, because of the world of showbiz here in Hollywood, I have a rule with Hollywood because you, you won't believe the amount of products that get made, movies that get shot, pilots that get shot, TV shows that get shot, Animated shows that get made, and they never make it to the light of day. They never make it on TV. They never make it into a theater. They just do them, and somebody somewhere, some big executive says, ah, we don't like it. Shelve it. You can't imagine the amount of money, time, and effort gone into millions of shows that no one will ever see. And I've been part of some of those shows. I've shot pilots. I've shot... I've done animated shows. I've done all kinds of stuff that never makes it. Uh, it's the same thing with scripts. You write a script. You, you sell it. You can sell it to a studio. never makes it to the screen. Never gets done. Never gets shot. So my rule in Hollywood is never tell people about stuff until the credits are rolling. And when I say credits rolling, I mean the credits are rolling in the movie theater opening weekend. Credits are rolling on the TV at the end of the show. And so here's this show that I adore, that I love, that I think you guys are going to just love. I hope I'm right on this one. You might hate it, but I hope I hope you'll love it. I, I just love it. And here's this show I've been secretly working on behind your backs. We've recorded like 52 episodes of this thing. And I haven't told anyone about it. I've kind of hinted about it here and there, but I've never come right out and said, ta-da! But finally, I got an email from uh, Nickelodeon. They said, Harland, we're going, we're airing, we're premiering August 4th uh, in the morning on Nickelodeon. 
So I hope you like it, man. Even if you're a grown-up, this thing is so silly and fun. It's, it's, not, it's not as basic as SpongeBob, which is Nickelodeon's other big hit. SpongeBob feels a little more juvenile, a little more kidsy. Whereas this show, even though it's kidsy, it's kind of got an adult edge to it. And so I think even as an adult, you'll you'll laugh at the innocence and the silliness and the stupidity of it. Uh, so that's a big announcement that I'm I'm so excited about. I think you can hear it in my voice. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I can turn into Charles Nelson Riley, oh, 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 robot and monster. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I always turn into Charles Nelson Riley when I get excited, don't you? Um, so there you go. Please check it out. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you one more clip, one more audio clip from it, a little promo clip, and uh, and then you're on your own. I'd love to hear your feedback. Love to see what you think about it. Uh, you can write me at harlowilliams.com or you can email me at... Uh, or you can call me, sorry, at 323-739-4330. Love to see what you think of Robot and Monster premiering this Saturday, August 4th, in the morning. And again on Monday night. Put it in your uh, digital recorder, your DVR, Robot and Monster. Here they are one last time, and I hope you dig it. <laughs> This is going to be good. You bet it is. Who's got the happy horns? That's right. You got the happy horns. Robot and Monster, the series premiere next Monday night at 8 on Nick. So there you go. Monday night it premieres, uh, but it actually premieres the Saturday morning, the 4th. But the uh, week premiere for the weeknights is the Monday night. So put it in your DVR. Hope it brings you lots of smiles and happiness. Robot and Monster on Nickelodeon. But you know what? Enough about my world. Enough about cartoons and whales and things like that. Uh, You know, there's a whole world out there, and right now the whole world is immersed in the 2012 London Summer Olympics. And uh, it would just be criminal if we didn't uh, send you over there uh, to uh, cash in on... uh, some of the sporting events, some of the Olympic Games. Uh, We have sent our correspondent, uh, Charles Parsley, over to London. He's covering uh, the Olympic events for us. And I believe he's he's at the track and field uh, events today. There's some racing going on. So without further ado, let's patch in live to the London Summer Olympics with our commentator, Charles Parsley. Charles, take it away. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Charles Parsley, and welcome to the 2012 Olympic Summer Games. 
coming to you live from London, England, across the pond where all the athletes have assembled from all over the planet for some fantastic, incredible, breathtaking athletic competition. Each and every one of them representing their countries and striving for the gold. Today, we make no exception as we have one of the most anticipated Olympic events of the Olympic Games. Today, from all across the world, we have gardeners lined up for the Leaf Blower 50-yard dash. The attendance is crazy. There are people roaring in the crowd. Everyone sitting on the edge of their seats with anticipation as the gardeners, the athletes, these finely tuned green thumbs step out onto the track. Here they come in order of their lanes. In lane number one, we have Slavi Lundgroden from Sweden. In lane two, young fat Chai Dao from China. In lane three, Senor Fuentes from the United States of America. In lane four, Alejandro Seventazala from Spain, the returning champion. And last season's silver medal winner from the USSR, Jorgi Kanstravoglik. What a wonderful set of athletes. What a wonderful arrangement of gardeners. And ladies and gentlemen, as we settle in, we see them get to the start line. They have brought their finely tuned leaf blowers. And it looks like they are giving them one last look over. Checking the oil, checking all the functions, all the start and stop switches. And it looks like the lines judge is instructing them to straddle their leaf blowers. They get on the back of their leaf blowers the way a jockey would get on the back of a horse. And there is anticipation in this crowd tonight. One of the most widely watched events at these Olympic Games. And there they go. The lines judges instructed them to start their leaf blowers. They have started their leaf blowers. They're awaiting the start of pistol. And there it is. They're off. They're off down the track. It's Slovi Lundgren from Sweden taking a quick burst of lead. He got out of the gate rather quickly. Avilando Sotalaza from Spain coming in from behind. Yogi Kanstenoglik. He's swerving around in his lane. He might have technical difficulties. It looks like he's tumbled. He's taking a tumble as leaf blower, twirling around. He's out of the competition. But wait, here comes young fat Chandao from China. He's taking over the lead. He stepped in front of Senor Fuentes from the United States of America. They're coming near the finish line. But wait a minute, it looks like Senor Fuentes has stepped on the gas. He's really flying. He's past Slovi Lundgren from Sweden. He's past Alejandro. He's zooming past. He's zooming past young fat Chai Don. It's coming down to the wire. And it's Senor Fuentes from the United States of America. Streaming across the line and his leaf blower winning a gold medal. Taking it away from Yogi Konstantinoglik and Alejandro Sufalaza from Spain, last Olympics gold medal winner. Let's step down to the platform and have a quick chat with our winner, Senor Fuentes.
I'm down here with the gold medal winner of the Leaf Blower 50-yard dash competition here at the London Olympics. I'm standing here with the United States proud gold medal winner, Senor Fuentes. Tell us about what happened out there. How did you pull off this astounding last-second victory? Uh, well, you know, man, I just uh, was all primed up and... Uh, I had my leaf blower in good shape. I took it into uh, Home Depot and had it tuned up before I came over to uh, London. You mean London? Yes, London. And, uh, you know, just at the end there, I was able to tweak it. And uh, I've got to give thanks to Black and Decker uh, for making such a wonderful leaf blower and to God. So let me get this straight. You're giving thanks to Black and Decker and the almighty creator, God in heaven above. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. And also to all the other gardeners around the world and all my fans in the United States. Well, I don't know that you really have fans, but I'm sure there's some gardeners that are watching you tonight with a very envious eye as you wear that gold medal around your neck. Thank you very much, and uh, thumbs up to everybody. Or should I say, green thumbs up to everybody. Excellent. Excellent, Senor Fuentes. Uh, before I go, can I say something? Absolutely. What would you like to say to people watching worldwide to this live taping event? Uh, does anyone know where there's a uh, porta potty, man? I gotta take a giant shit. Okay, this is Charles Parsley at the London Olympics. Back to you at home base, Studio 12 at the Holland Highway. Wait, wait, what was that at the end? What did he say? What the hell did he say? Was that was that my gardener, Roger? Senor Fuentes? There's no way it could be the same guy. I left him at home in, in my garden this morning. There's no way he got to London and won a leaf blower race. No. Very strange, very strange. Uh, well, there you go, folks. Uh, cashing in on the uh, Summer Olympic fever. Very exciting time. Wonderful race. Thank you, Charles Parsley, for calling the uh, Leaf Blower 50-yard dash. We will be sure to uh, get back to some more Olympic events as uh, they unfold. Very exciting. And uh, don't forget, folks, check out uh, Robot and Monster. Um, premiere Saturday morning and Monday night. Uh, put it in your TiVo. Record the series. I think you're going to like it. Um, you can write to me at harlowwilliams.com. You can call me and leave a message at 323-739-4330. And uh, what else? Don't forget to check out that YouTube channel, the Harlan Williams YouTube channel, and also uh, Facebook.com backslash official Harlan Williams and at Harlan Williams for Twitter. So much time, so little stuff. Wait, no. So little time, so much stuff. Thank you. I, I'm discombobulated. I was almost eaten by a whale. Summer's not over yet. Watch out for whales. Um, and uh, that's it. Happy to spend time with you. Have a goodie. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Yeah, it's Chinese. Relax. Yeah.